Balance your trading strategy by adding futures. CME Group helps you manage risk and capture opportunities in all market environments. Capitalize on around-the-clock access to highly liquid global futures and options market across all major asset classes. Just visit your online broker and get started. Plug into valuable educational materials and trading tools and see what adding futures can do for you at cmegroup.com slash on the tape. we got a half an hour. We're going to take some questions. But this is probably one of the worst days in the stock market that that you either you know either of us can remember since maybe the throes of the pandemic. Even when we had a couple ten percent peak to trough declines in late 2020, and I guess in in the Nasdaq at least to start off 2021, it didn't feel this bad in such a short period of time, did it, guy? No, it didn't. Um, not at all. And you said it's one of the worst days, and I understand what you mean by that. And I'm not trying to be glib here, but I would submit this could wind up being one of the best series of days for the market, just in terms of flushing out some of the excess because it needed to happen. And if you look at where we are right now in the S&P 500, uh, we traded down to 42.22, I think. But mm-hmm. you know, the levels that we're at right now, we obviously have bounced and there's a lot of day left. But you know, we're basically traded down to the levels we saw I want to say on October 4th. Now, again, a lot of day left, but here we are at those levels that we bounced from a few months ago. So that's a good thing, number one. But just flushing the system out, just getting some of this excess out, I think long term is extraordinarily healthy, although it doesn't feel particularly good right now. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. I, I mean, and, and I know you're not being glib about that. Um, not. By, by, no, I, I mean that sincerely. But what's really interesting, Guy, about when you take out excess, right, you're basically sidelining a lot of investors to – I mean, listen, on the way up, you know, there was everyone was giddy. No one thought there was a reason they could go down. But, like, Netflix is a great example. At its lows on Friday after their report Thursday night, the stock was down 25%, okay? It rallied a little bit, closed off the lows. But today, at its lows, it was down about 10%. From its all-time high – Made in November, just in November, guy, at right around $700, just above $700. It literally ticked 350 today, man, or almost 350 That's 50% in a household name. It was in an acronym. Remember FANG, guy? I replaced that. But remember FANG? It was the N in, in FANG, down 50%. All right, I'm going to look at my screens right here. I'm going to tell you what's going on. And most of this stuff is well off their list. Well, just real quick at- about – so I know you want you to yeah. work through stuff, but Netflix – for example, and again, I'm wrong all the freaking time, but I thought it would trade down and hold. And I had been saying this. I'm like, look, that 480 level, which was a level that we went sideways from, from the summer of 2020, if you go back and look, all the way till we finally broke out in the summer of 2021, that made a lot of sense. And my God, it didn't even stop. I mean, it wasn't even a speed bump through those levels. So Sometimes the market just does crazy things. Now, I will also say, Dan, real quick, that a, another support level should have been the all-time high back in June of 2018, which, if memory serves, was about 415. Well, that was about 50 or so dollars ago. So this is, a, in, you know, in trading parlances, this is what we call a line job. And what that means is when you go back and look at this chart, it's a straight line down. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, so – if you've been listening to trading spaces, listening to on the tape podcast, we've been talking about this stuff 
for months and months and months. And people might have said, oh, they're just perma this and 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 not uh, perma anything, man. We're no. just perma honest. I will tell you, and, and look, I know I'm I want to say one thing. I, I'm not perma anything. You know, we try to tell it like it is. I don't have the effing pom-poms out like so many of these people do. <laughs> and if that means we're gonna be wrong sometimes, so be it. I don't care because quite frankly, there's no repercussions for constantly being bullish. Well, as that, an FYI. Well, that, the easy thing to do here, by the way. It's just to be a cheerleader all the time. But the the smart, the the thing to do that helps the most people, I think, is just to try to be honest, which I think we are to a fault. To a fault. I mean, calling it like we see it. And, and oftentimes when we're in a raging bull market, and to your point about cheerleaders, cheerleaders, they are cheering when their team is up 41 to 3, and they're actually also cheering the same way when their team's down three to 41 that's just a fact um we're not playing that role we don't have any pom-poms um but you know guy one of the things i just say is that we've been pointing out for months and months and months that when you see some of these prior like leaders at least from a sentiment standpoint the way that they've been selling off 30 40 50 60 in some instances zoom is down 70 percent from its all-time highs um this was over 150 billion dollar market cap company at those highs in late 2020 we're pointing it out because there's pockets of risk that we're seeing just like that. The SaaS names that just got absolutely crazy. Some of these internet stocks. I mean, Snap had over a hundred and what $25 billion market cap. It is down 65%, guy, from its highs just a few months ago. Twitter's down like 55%. Pinterest, same thing, you know, and so this is this is the sort of price action that's been seeping it it worked its way for the better part of this year through SPACs through recent tech IPOs right through meme stocks which are all just getting absolutely annihilated now um then it was kind of some high valuation growth names that people felt good about let's say in the internet space and now they're kind of what our friend Carter Braxton Worth likes to say they're shooting the generals you know yeah. Microsoft almost down, you know, I don't know, 16, 17% from its side. So that's the scenario. That's what we've been talking about. And then let, let's throw crypto in there, which is in the throes of a 55% peak to trough decline. It's incredible when you look at it, some of the damage that's being done. And the reason why we kept bringing up those names for weeks and weeks and then subsequently months and months, and we've said, you've heard us say it, all the damage being done below the surface, underneath the hood, we both were surprised that it hadn't manifested in the broader market until recently. And here we go. With that said, again, this is what you've wanted. You're starting to see the beginnings of capitulation. And something I say all the time, and I just said it on our market call, but I'll say it here, is that everybody always says to me, I can't wait for the market to pull back so I can buy Apple or so I can buy Microsoft or whatever name you want to insert. And But what I also tell them all the time is that's great. Just understand it's always going to look a lot scarier when it does happen, and it's never going to be for the reasons you envision. So just try to take emotion out of yeah. it. Now, you said it before, and you'll say it here. It's really hard to do that, and I understand that. But if you have levels in place and if you have a game plan going in, yeah, it's going to look terrifying. But this, as you've said a number of times, for so many people, this is what you've been waiting for. Well, here it is. Yeah, and I guess the point that it's really easy when you're looking at your accounts very near highs and, you know, you're feeling good about everything. I'm like, oh, you know, I don't own as much Microsoft as I'd like to at 330. And if it goes to 280, which is like amazing support, that will have to only happen in some sort of like, 
you know, like apocalyptic situation. Well, at that point, when you're thinking about buying it there, you have a lot less cash unless you sold. And I don't know about you, Guy, but I have a hard time picking, you know, the all-time high, you know, and, and then the all-time lows. And, and a problem that I've witnessed over the last 25 years as an investor, as a trader, and then getting to know the retail landscape really well over the last, let's call it 10 years or so, is that people often make mistakes at highs and lows. And those are really hard yeah. to correct if you're buying tops and you're selling lows. And again, we no one knows when it's going to happen. It's just that the way you think about risk management, concentration, time horizons, those sorts of things. So listen, I will say this guy, as I'm looking at the market, um, you and I were talking about Microsoft an hour and a half ago it was down 6% of the day. It's only down 3% of the day. Um, I'm seeing a couple things. And, and listen, this is why, like when I look at my fact set front board, I got like 200 stocks. I have them set up by sector. Um, I saw the first things that went up today were staples. And then I saw retail and I now I'm seeing like, for some reason, AutoNation and Carvana. I'm seeing the home builders trading higher. Um, I'm seeing a couple stocks. I see PagerDuty and Datadog. These are two of those kind of SaaS names of a huge corrections that were pandemic winners. So might we see an all out reversal? And if you saw the NASDAQ green after being down 4%, are we likely to see that continue through? Because here's the deal. Tomorrow night, we get Microsoft. Wednesday night, we get Tesla. Thursday night, we get Apple. All earnings. I mean, could they turn the tide of this thing? Yeah, absolutely. And listen, again, go back. And Helene's here, I know. But I'll say it again, just for just for emphasis. The levels we trade, I don't know we overshot in the S&P 500. We traded under 42.20 or though. We've rallied some 60 or so S&P handles. But we're right right now we're straddling that October 4th low, which as we mentioned a number of times is perfect level of support. By the way, the VIX, which I think Dan, did it have a 39 handle at some point yeah. today? Well, yeah. you know, that's been a piece that we've been waiting for is well finally now the VIX, you've seen potentially a blow off top there. And you mentioned some of the people saying people were buying, I don't know what they were selling puts. I have no idea what people yeah, were doing, yeah. but they were betting that the VIX was going to come in. So you could absolutely see one of these mind-numbing rallies today that nobody sees coming. Now, a lot's going to ride on some of the earnings we get. But the good news is, again, in the form of Apple, we've said it. You know, we've just traded down to the prior all-time high that we made back in September. We have talked about the 157 level ad nauseum on all the different things we do. So here's where you try to take emotion out of the equation, understanding how messy days like today can be. Yeah, I guess the point I would say is that when you think of a week that we have right here, if the Fed at their meeting uh, and they don't have one in February, and then I know the CME um, Fed tracker tool is implying about a 96% chance of a 25 basis point hike at the March meeting, okay? If the Fed stays their course on this hawkish tone, mm -hmm. you know, a couple of weeks ago when, when Fed Chair Powell was getting renominated in front of the Senate, you know, a confirmation here, you know, he stayed the course, market rallied, it was selling off into it. I think people were worried that maybe they were going to get a bit more hawkish. Well, they're certainly not going to get a bit more hawkish with the market down the way it is but they might stay the course and so i'm not sure you know you any relief rally you get on that on wednesday afternoon might be short-lived and then it really comes down to earnings right and so 
I guess the point is, if Apple, you know, were to meaningfully guide down, which actually they could, you know, just so you know, guy, they've been talking about like, you know, some uh, some component issues and 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 you know, this five G rollout by Verizon, AT and T might 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 put a little dent in that super upgrade, super cycle narrative oh, yeah. as it relates to five G. I mean, all of a sudden, you and I've been talking about this. Apple is only expected to grow earnings and sales low single digits this year, trading, you know, in the high. I don't know, it's trading like twenty eight times or something like that. I don't know. What are you buying it? For the for their buybacks. Well, and, you look, know. you bring back you bring up an excellent point, and I've said this, so I apologize if you've heard it before. But when Apple was a growth stock years ago, it yeah. was trading at a value stock valuation. It was trading at twelve uh, times forward earnings. Now that it is a value stock, effectively, it's trading with a growth multiple. They got it all ass backwards. Now I'm sure there are people on here that say you're an Apple hater. I'm not. I could. I could care less about Apple. And by the way, just so you understand, Apple could care less or could not care less about you. Don't get married to these stocks. And for all the people out there that say own, don't trade it. Okay, I get it. Apple's a great long-term hold. But, and you've mentioned this as well, Dan, we have seen at least five times over the last five or six years, 25 to 40% peak to trough declines in this name. And oh, by the way, you're in the midst of one of them now. Yeah, um, that's a great I point. I mean, you know, again, it's just, but my point about levels is if you have waited for this entry point, well, here it is. What are you waiting for now? And you're going to say, well, my God, it looks terrifying. And that was my earlier point. It always looks <laughs> terrifying. That's a fact. Hey, guy, I'm going to litter in some questions. Amanda Diaz, oh, I like our crack it. producer, um, just forward me one from a guy named Casey Moore at Casey J M O. He says, "Hi, gentlemen, FM daily viewer here. That means fast money, I think, oh, guy. What stocks are out there that you two believe are either currently trading at good value or will be soon? What other technicals? This is a two-part question, guys. So stay with us. What other technicals than a double bottom support or broken down trend should we be on the lookout for?" Thanks. Okay. Hashtag dude from Omaha. I like Omaha, by the way. If you recall, if memory serves, Dan, when the wizard took off at the end of the movie, Omaha was written on the balloon. By the way, as I've mentioned a number of times, he was the villain in Wizard of Oz, not the Correct. Wicked Witch of well, the West. Quick, quick question for you, because I I know that you saw Wizard of Oz first run in the yeah, theaters. What was back then... Was it always black and white or that scene when they go black and white to, to, to color? Was that just when I saw it for the no, first time in the late no, 70s? Not, no, they actually that was the genius of the film. They rolled uh, that out, and we were just in awe when we saw it. In did the you theater. wear like a suit to the movie theater back then when you were when you were doing that? When I you wore knickers. Um, yeah. yeah, and we used to have – we used to eat Cracker Jack. That was the candy of choice. <laughs> I'm going to answer the second part first and the second okay. part what indicators do you look for and i'm big on you looking for capitulatory tops and or in this case bottoms in my world you're looking for it in the form of big volume days typically four or five times normal volume so if you were to see the name that you're looking at make a 52 week low on five or six times normal volume that to me is is not always i, I hate using terms like that but that's a good sign that the bottom might be in. And by the way, it happens on highs as well. So 
for me, it's capitulation in the form of volume. Dan. All right, let me let me answer that one, and then you get ready for a couple stocks that you're focused on. And then I'll do that after. Um, so what I love on 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 days like today, where you've had a sharp sell off for a matter of weeks or months. Um, and then you have a huge capitulation, like Guy said, probably on volume, where you see the thing down, like, you know, plenty of stocks today at their lows that was could have been it, and then they reverse. It doesn't have to actually close up on the day. It just has to close on the dead high, okay? So, like, meaning, like, if the market stayed open another two hours, it would have kept on going, and that what you call a spike bottom to me is the most powerful reversal for, um, you know, like what, what that I look for in a single name. And you'll usually get to see that um, follow through into the morning on the opening when I was a much more active trader, um, especially in a bear market. And that's the other thing I'd say, you know, guys, I'm not telling you this bull market's done, but if we were in this sort of volatility situation, for you traders out there who, who spend a lot of time watching the markets, these are great trade setups. They're hard. It's not easy. You know what I mean? It's usually a one step forward, two steps back sort of thing in a bear market. Um, but it's happening. And if you had the temerity, as Guy likes ah. to say, to step in, you know, this morning, you could have bought Microsoft, you know, I don't know, when it felt really ugly. And now it's only down 2%. Microsoft okay, so feels like it, it will be unchanged. You're looking for a name. By the way. Nothing is easy, but you know what should be easy? Winning a National Football League game when you're up three with 13 seconds left. That should be easy, okay? And I'm not a big Tony Romo fan at all because, A, he played for the Dallas Cowboys, and I just find him irritating. But he was right last night. There's no way the effing Bills should have lost that game. And you mentioned Spike Bottom, not to be confused with Spike Eskin. But to answer the question, what name would I look at? Well, look at Qualcomm, which I can make a, a very good case for in terms of valuation. And go back and look at the prior all-time high, January 20th, I believe, 2021, was about 164-ish. Dan Nathan, please tell me where Qualcomm is trading right now. Qualcomm is trading 164.13. Guys, speak into your mic. Sky, One, you, you, I'm, I'm speaking into the mic. 164. So there you go. That's my answer. All right. I, I'm gonna give a I'm gonna give a name um in the semi space too, is Taiwan Semi. And I don't know if you saw this move earlier in the year. Um had a huge rip. This is a stock, the um it's basically a foundry company, and they basically make chips for all the big um, you know, chip chip designers around the world here that stock had a huge rip after being in a very long um consolidation last year as the largest component in the smh or did start that way in 2021 nvidia took over that spot um it had just gone nowhere um and so taiwan semi broke out there was some news about um capex and um earlier in the earlier in the year i like that one it's round trip that whole move it got down to almost 120 treated as high as 145 a little more than a week ago so that one i like there's some things that you know guy i was really negative about the twitter um when jack stepped down as ceo the the gentleman that they put in place not that i have any knowledge about parag agarwal he was their former cto one of my biggest gripes about twitter has really been product development and and you know i don't know putting the cto in charge um the stock was trading i think in the mid 40s it traded as high when that announcement came out and traded as high it was like november 29th you ready for this guy is 52 bucks well here it is at 33 and a half 
that one's starting to look interesting to me, um, especially if you think about the backdrop of M&A. And I get it. Microsoft can pay $70 billion for Activision. They're not in the sites. So let's just say the FTC. Well, the, this I don't think that deal will get done either. But, you know, certainly Google, Facebook, you know, are not in a place to be buying other um, social assets. But Twitter seems to me needs to be part of a larger platform, and maybe it comes in the in the in the in the way of Twitter and Snap merging. And I mean that quite seriously because could you think about Evan Spiegel? You put those two companies together as the CEO of that company, the combined company, makes sense to me. Yeah, and can I tell for the folks listening, you when that Twitter news came out about Jack, you said any rally on the back of this should be sold with both hands, and you were right. I thought actually Twitter would take the next leg higher. That was wrong. But maybe Twitter does need more of a visionary, and maybe a, maybe a combination of a Twitter and a Snap is not that far-fetched. By the way, you know, I've thought Twitter makes a lot of sense for Google. It makes a lot of sense for an Apple, yeah. but maybe I'm off base. But at these levels, it makes a lot more sense now in terms of an acquisition than it may have. A year or so ago, Dan Nathan. So bully. Yeah, for one you. of the things I always thought was really interesting, guy, is that you know, think about your career over the last sixty years yeah. in the markets. Well, yeah. um, that's when the, I really. That's yeah. when it started went into ascension. But I've been now. It's it's close to seventy two years now in the market. Close to seventy two, but 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 you know, doesn't it seem like like. M&A usually happens when things are giddy, like big M&A, not when things are like depressed because no one like no company thinks they want to sell their company at a depressed value or anything like that. And and it's just kind of funny to me that the deals happen when things are still great. And you and I were remarking last week when Microsoft made that bid for Activision, $70 billion in cash. We're like the stock was down 2%, you know what I mean? Like 2%. Yeah. And then by the next day it was up. It was pretty shocking what, um, and listen, there's a lot of stuff popping up as green right now, guy. I, I first of all, I see Bitcoin very near thirty six thousand. I think it traded as low as maybe thirty. I'm just saying intraday reversal, yes. uh, big one. Yes. Um, I'm seeing Pinterest. You have a Pinterest page up on the day. Uh, pretty interesting. I will also say this: that Snap and Pinterest doesn't matter. Different market caps, basically trading very near the same exact price, which I think is kind of interesting. By the way, seventy. Um, I don't know if Amanda can put up my Pinterest page on. I don't know how that. Works, oh, oh my goodness! But you should listen. If anybody's interested in Pinterest, um, I think my I was one of the. I, I had an early Pinterest page, and it is banging, as the kids say. So, yeah, I think you and I think you would agree with this as well. Some of the most violent rallies that we've seen, in, as I mentioned in my seventy-two years, take place when the market is headed lower, and we're in the midst yeah. of one now. But the levels. That we traded and we talked about a couple of them. we talked about the s p 500 talked about uh microsoft you mentioned i mentioned qualcomm and we mentioned apple it got down to levels that make sense it just never right. it just never happens again for the reasons that you thought let's hit a bunch of we don't have much time we have until about 130 but let's hit a bunch of things so i, I was also remarking you know like the, the bank stocks were getting hit very hard today. What, what, what your take was, it was just correlations going to one because these stocks have also been hit hard during earnings season. We saw JP Morgan was was close to 165 not long ago. It traded as low as 140. Um, today, Bank America at lows was down more than 5%. Um, they're coming off their lows. Bank stocks, just real quickly here, Guy, with, with basically earnings in the rearview mirror, what's your take? I think JP Morgan got sold off because, again, when valuation has become a concern, one of the metrics that I look at is price of tangible book. And at its zenith recently, JP Morgan got up to almost 2.6 times. It's just too expensive. 
So I think that's a sell-up there. The flip side, I think the city is too cheap. In the middle of that lives like a Bank of America and a Wells Fargo. So I think this jockeying for position is, is what's going on. And I think people are trying to figure out what bank stocks make the most sense. Yeah. Um, what about your Blackstone? This has been a name that you've really liked. Um, you've called it really well on some of these pullbacks here. Unique. It's not a bank, obviously. Um, but that stock traded as high as nearly 150 in November. Um, it's through that double bottom. Um, you know, $100 seems like kind of the level guy. I, I mean, come on, you know, you, I think these you know private what, equity the way, guys are good. You, well, you've you said that for a while, but you were saying that it's headed to 100 since it was in the mid 130. So I didn't think we'd get below 125. Here we are. I think Blackstone, again, if you're looking for not a bank, but, but for financial that makes sense in this environment, they've done absolutely everything right. And I think Blackstone is going to, I think at a certain point, it's going to find that level. You might be right in the form of a hundred and round trip where it really went ballistic from, but yeah. I think Blackstone's just a great play here. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I'm talking to a lot of uh, people, you know, who, I don't know. I mean, companies despack. They came to market through, you know, regular way IPO of late. They are like, what the hell are we doing in the public markets right now? Like if, if you can't assign the proper value on well covered, you know, like like proper large cap stocks, small caps are just absolutely getting destroyed here. And there's a lot of companies that came public through SPAC that have a lot of cash and no debt. And they feel like, oh, my goodness. I mean, so you could see a bunch of these companies taken private. You could see some of these private equity guys possibly Wait, get really is that active. When, when the kids say, and I'm being serious for a second. So when they do like hashtag OMG, that's what it means. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's what it means. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, now my daughter's but, breaking my horns. Like, she's like, how did you not know that? I'm sorry. Please uh, say hi to Lils for me. I wish I was Hold down on. in Florida with you guys. Hi. Hi to everybody. Hi, Dan. Hi, Dan. Hi. What's up, okay, Lils? Lils? Lils is uh, is 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 risk reversal media um, uh, intern extraordinaire, senior at Georgetown. She's as smart as it gets. She could run the company if she wants to. Well, she's got to get in line behind Diaz. Um, all right, real quickly, guy on pharma names. Look at look at Pfizer at fifty bucks, basically um, down about five percent. All of these pharma names are getting killed. Moderna acts like people think that this mRNA thing was just a fluke. Uh, look at the stock at one forty six, and I'm bringing those two up because those are the the Vax names. Um, I gotta think Moderna, and this is you know down here round tripping the entire move from last spring. Guy, it looks, it's looks incredible. A little I looks mean, a little overdone. I, look, I thought one seventy five ish. I think, and I said that a number of times, but I didn't think we'd get down here, but yet here we are. Um, the bad news is today, you know, it's not a big volume day in Moderna, and we're making, obviously, I think we're not making a 52-week low. Believe it or not, the 52-week low is 117, but, you know, we're making, you know, we haven't seen these lows in quite some time. I will say this. Um, I think Moderna will get back on its horse, but I think Pfizer's a better play. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Pfizer down around this $50 level makes sense. And I'll throw one more in. Bristol Myers comes out BMY, Dan Nathan. All right. What do you, I love when you do that. I don't know why. Um, I really love when you do That's that. old school. Um, what about, let's talk about Ford really quickly. Okay. So Ford was trading at 24 bucks. I want to say like a week or two ago. Uh, maybe even north of it. It was trading. I think it just traded up to twenty five dollars and eighty seven cents. I only wow. remember that because it didn't print twenty six. And here we are, nineteen and a half. But 
we've seen some downgrades in Ford over the last couple of weeks. I think people playing some stock market, and by the way, in retrospect, correctly. Um, but I think Ford, you can still make a compelling case. By the way, uh, this 19 and a half level is where we traded sideways from in the fall. So this should be a level of support. Yeah, let, let me make one point there, Guy, because I've been doing this 25 years, so a fraction amount of time you've been in the markets. I, I will tell you this, for somebody... You know, we get asked questions and we get asked to kind of go on the record, obviously, every day about things that A, we're either doing or B, that things that we would maybe do. Um, when you see like that Ford chart um, start of the year right around 20 or just above 20, go straight to, yeah, like you said, 2587, it, it, it's just not hard to look the other way. You know, I've been doing options for 10 years. I did I did options action for 10 years on CNBC with Fridays at what time, guy? Uh, yeah, thanks for watching. And I would, I would, I would. TV yeah. And that. you, you would actually fill in every once in a while, but um, you know, part of that job is like, uh, like identifying a single security, usually a stock, maybe a sector ETF or something like that. And picking a point in time and a, and a, a spot on the chart and some catalysts and stuff like that. When you see stocks go parabolic, like that thing did from 20 up to nearly 26, it's not hard to look the other way. And it's not hard to look the other way and define your risk. And, you know, oftentimes when stocks are going up like that, implied volatility premiums are coming down. You know what I mean? Sometimes it doesn't always, the Tesla is the exact opposite. Um, but that one was not so hard and i did that on my in the money i do a weekly thing on wednesdays for fidelity um a couple weeks ago so to your point i think you can pick spots i don't usually pat myself on the shoulder but that was a good short-term trade tesla really quickly guy earnings wednesday night stocks down below that 900 level you called it correctly into that q3 report back in october you said it's going to break out to new all-time highs it went straight to what like 1270 or something like that now it's yeah. come all the way back in here. You de you definitely said you think it goes back to 900 after that. Well, here we are. We're just below 900. What's the trade into earnings? Well, if, if you have a set or if you have the temerity, you know, we traded down to the 150-day moving average, which Carter Worth will tell you is what he looks at. And the last few times that we have in Tesla has been an opportunity to sort of trade the stock with a re relatively small risk and i say relatively small because obviously um everything you do in tesla is risky i'll say this i think you can play from the long side into earnings and i know i'm going to get added at on twitter but it might have done the work it needed to do today in the form of trading down to the 150 and i got it dan i hate to do this but i got an audi 5000 because i got a 130 uh, meeting down here at this conference all right go get them man i really appreciate all your help uh with this today on our market call so check um guy on his twitter we had a we had a really good chat with carter braxton worth we we kind of went through all the charts the s p the russell 3000 uh the nasdaq and some of these single names into their earnings this week all right guy we'll check you later man hey just real quickly um you know I just wanted to kind of hit rates here a little bit because I think this is – I said something that was kind of stupid last week on one of the shows, and I, th I said that I think equities are screwed if rates go higher, but they're also screwed if rates go lower. Um, so my point was basically that I think we're in a tough spot. I don't think the 10-year, you know, where it's trading, it just broke out to 1.9. If it was going to go meaningfully higher above 2%, I think that would have been obviously a big headwind um, for stocks, um, at least on a valuation basis. And we've been seeing that play out for – weeks if not months um, but by the same token if if the 10-year were to come in really hard and our friend carter worth mentioned this in some of his charting last late last week that he thinks there's a potential to see one and a half in the 10-year 
um, that that might not also be good for stocks. You know, if you look at the two year, that's actually mapping what Fed fund futures are expecting for rate increases over the next, I don't know, six to nine months or so. But the 10 year, which is basically lower than where it was a year ago, um, is saying something potentially about growth. And, and I just think that, you know, the Fed's got themselves all turned around. I really feel very strongly that they, they basically changed their tune on inflation at nearly the exact high in inflation expectations, which happened to map up to a four-year, uh, or excuse me, 40-year high. I think the CPI will be cut in half at this time next year. I think that we might start thinking a little bit about what were the fears that we had pre-pandemic in front of this black swan. It was deflation. It was technology as this massive deflationary force. We were talking about things like UBI, universal basic income. I just don't believe, listen, I get it. Some of these wage increases, they're going to stick around here. But think about where most of the wage increases other than bank CEOs' salaries and such, where they've come from. It's kind of low-end jobs. And what were we worried about pre-pandemic? We were worried about automation. So I feel like the Fed has totally already made their policy error. They had their opportunity to kind of think about inflation a little bit, maybe six to nine months ago, when our economy was on a decent footing, given all the monetary and fiscal stimulus that was still in place. And they should have been raising because in the, in the event that something else happens, maybe it's geopolitical, maybe there's something going around the world um, in some time later in 2022 where they need to lower rates. Now they're going to have to get all weird. The Fed balance sheet is going to be like 15 trillion. Rates are never going higher. And I just think they already made their policy error. That's my quick take here. So, uh, and then the other thing, as far as equities, you know, I'll just say we're talking about some of these stocks that had been down much more. Microsoft, for instance, you know, was down 6%. Now it's only down 3%. You know, in markets like this, and I traded a lot, and I think a lot of people listening here um, who traded during the kind of dot-com, you know, bubble and then the subsequent implosion and then during the financial crisis, you know, we had protracted bear markets. And no one knew, like, when we were going to come out of it. But the price action in them is something that's very recognizable. And when you have these outsized volatility bands, you're going to have these crazy intraday moves. And so all of the stuff that's green right now, if it were to go back to red and then go back towards their lows, then you're going to be in for a just, you know, much worse price action over the next few days. The flip side of it is, is that if we continue to build on some of these like, more and more stocks go green, then you're going to have a follow through for the next day and it may go through another next day. And you got to be really cognizant of the fact of not shorting that rally because you can just get your face ripped off. So for traders who are nimble, set stops, use options, maybe trade futures, um, those sorts of things. I mean, th these are great markets to be in and then take your cues off what's going on in rates. Um, I don't really look at the VIX too much, um, but I think it, like things like Bitcoin are interesting as a, as a little like sentiment indicator. Um, so there's my two cents. I appreciate you guys joining Guy and me for Trading Spaces. We do them every Monday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern. They are sponsored by CME Group. They are the largest futures exchange um, in the world. Um, and they're also the sponsor of our podcast, on the tape that we do with Danny Moses drops every Friday. So follow that. We also have uh, another podcast that we just launched called OK Computer. I am one of the co-hosts and we have a great guest list um, coming out. We had Alexis Ohanian last week. We had Adam Bain, former Twitter COO, and I have an amazing group of co-hosts um, and contributors on that. So th check that out. That one's going to drop tomorrow. Packy McCormick and Melton and I are going to talk crypto. So check that out. Follow that. Follow it in Twitter at OKOKAY OK, Computer Pod. Um, thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Bye.